Well, the cracks are widening on our recruits as we reach the midway point. I'm Eric Watts, joined by Sabrina Frederick for your SAS Australia debrief. Sabs, we lost big bad Barry Hall this week. <sighs> Someone we'd both picked to go all the way. How do you reckon he'd be feeling after watching last night's episode? Oh, he's got to be feeling pretty devastated. He's done so well throughout this course, so I think he'd be devastated. I would be devastated. I was devastated for him. I'm a big fan of Barry's, and he'll be joining us later on the show to have a bit of a chat about that. Plus, it's time we check in on the state of play as we lock in our final picks for who we think is going to go all the way with uh, only a week left on the course. Midway point, it's starting to you know show some real emergence now. And before any of that, we will get to that moment. The moment Richard Buttrose snapped and lost his mind, landing himself a one-way ticket home. That will all be covered off in this week's debrief. Sabs, episode six was all about aggression and whether the recruits could harness and control it. But as we saw, not all the recruits had the ability to park the emotion after they tapped in. Before we jump into the first challenge, I want to highlight someone coming off the back of that explosive drama between Cocky Lockie and Paul Fennick last week. Number seven, Rihanna Crean. Mm. She tried to assert a mindset shift within the group on the way to the first task. What did you see? In that, it was probably needed from someone. I'm so glad it was her. She's been vocal in the sense that when she does speak, everyone listens. So I'm glad that it was her that said something because I think it will be respected. Mm. She is one for me that her leadership is really taking place here. She's really going, you know what, this is the time where we've got to come together as a team because we're not going to be able to get through without it. We're not going to be able to get through without each other. And I think she's sort of trying to bring everyone together like a family. And that's the only way you're going to get through at this stage. Yeah, I kind of clocked it as part frustration, but also to strong leadership. And what's interesting, mm. Sabs, and I know you and I talk about this off air as well, is that the, it's the women who are emerging with the leadership roles yeah. here. The blokes have taken a back step or they're just bickering like children. And it's <laughs> the women who are coming to the fore here. We talk about this all the time, you know, brains over brawns. I think some of the guys came in here maybe relying on their physicality to get them through. And I mm. think they've realized now that that's, you know, probably a small percentage of it. Whereas the girls have really stepped up and they've made it count where they've needed to. Yep. And for me, they're the front runners right now. Brains over brawn. I'm enjoying it. I really like seeing it. Let's jump into the first task where the recruits have to face off each other in a tug of war. The DS are looking for the recruits to leave it all out there and show that they can tap into their anger when it was needed. What TV show of recent times did this tug of war challenge remind you of? Firstly, I just have to say, I love this task. As soon as I was watching it, I was thinking, Squid Game, come on. <laughs> It's squid games, but with some safety ropes. Well, yeah, with but, some yeah, it safety. Was, <laughs> it was a great task. I mean, same simple tug of war, but the jeopardy of the cliff really adds to it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, as much as you are attached to a lot of safety gear, seeing the waves crushing below you is still, mm -hmm. for someone who's afraid of heights, that's still enough to, to put you off. So to be able to do that and, and go head to head against someone else, I, I loved everything about this task. It was probably one of my favourites. Who stood out and the people who contested each other there? Um, I think for me, Millie was one. Mm. She's a rugby player, so I was waiting to see her tap into that and really, you know, drive her legs, and, yep. and she did really, really well in that task. Lockie, he did well, to be honest. I think 
he's in this redemption mode at the moment. He's trying to be a bit quiet. Um, he's trying to just get yep. on with it. And I felt like actually he did well in this one task. I think he did really, really well. Yeah, I also liked Melissa Woon, and although she didn't uh, win, she showed, like, you could see her laser face, and I love a bit of laser face in the shows, you know, like, mm. she's really switched on, she mm. looked like she was really in the moment, didn't look like a poor me, this is a difficult situation yeah. kind of face, she was focused, and I really like that from Melissa Woon, I think that's going to speak volumes to later on, mm. but no doubt everybody's favourite one was when Richard had his ass handed to him by <laughs> Millie. <laughs> That was the best. Do you know what though? I, 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 there was something about it. I just knew like Millie has this controlled aggression. You know, she plays rugby professionally. When you're at that level, you've got to have that aggression. And I, I, I knew she'd yep. be able to translate in this course. I was just waiting yep. to see the opportunity. I think she, she smashed it. I mean, I make jokes about laser eyes, but it was really evident in her face, wasn't it? Like yeah. in Millie's face as well. You know, when she was standing on that cliff, she was going to drag him out. That was it. There was just absolutely no compromise and you could see the level of aggression and it was unreal. <laughs> she was either going to win or she was going to die trying. And I think that that's, that's all we can ask in, in tasks like this. Well, uh, Millie could die trying, whereas Richard almost died crying as he cracked <laughs> the shits. With one of the more <laughs> dangerous people you could do it with, he absolutely spat the dummy at the DS and particularly, you know, Ollie and then directed it. And let's have a listen to Richard's tantrum. Leave us to do our job. I don't need, and you to, do your I don't job. need you to be nice to me. No, no, I'm not, I'm not about being nice. If you don't want to be here, go. It's as simple as that. Right, what, well, what do you want to do? I'm going to stay right here. You're going to stay here. I'm asking you a Why question. Why would I go? I just pulled that up the cliff. Why would Wait, I go? Well then, well then, there you go. There you go. Why are, you, why are you whinging out there? It's, the, it's getting called a lion corner cutting. Well, listen, if you can't take it, number 13, losing. if you can't take being called names, then this isn't the place for you. I don't care about the names. Okay, well, just... listen. All right. Number 13, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Listen, here and now. Do you want to go? I'm sticking with the course. Right. Do exactly that then. Why are you bringing me into it, Rich? I don't do anything to you. Shut up. Yeah. Arrogant wanker. Mm, that was poorly <sighs> there giving a mouthful back to Richard at the end, but I was surprised that Ant gave him any quarter oh, there at all. I've just got to put it out there. How did Richard even survive prison? <laughs> I'm just putting this straight out there. If you can't handle people oh, calling you God. names on a course you're expecting it from... How do you survive an environment like that? I don't understand. Yeah, but you know what, though? I, I think he's taken the bait. They've baited him. You know this, Sabs. <laughs> that they, as soon as they think that they've got a little crack they in They put you, the pressure on. double down. Yeah. Yeah. And I reckon that they might have seen, you know, that he was a little bit stung by being beaten by a woman, perhaps. Mm. I reckon that's what it is personally. I don't know. But... They went, righto, we'll just give him a bit of a niggle. Ollie went straight to him and really revved him up and he took the bait. He's, he allowed his emotions to be seen mm. and uncontrolled. Do you think for a moment he forgot where he was? Totally. Totally forgot. There's just no way I would have spoken to the DS like that. Do you reckon he forgot where he was or do you think that he actually remembered where he was in the sense that like he forgot that he was on course and remembered he was on a TV show? Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I agree. Because he even brought that up. He brought that up that, you know, he doesn't want to be a part of the reality show. So yeah. you're probably right. He probably realised, you know, now it's maybe not going – the narrative is not suiting him and now he's got to almost, 
I don't know, change that for the show, but I have a strong, strong stance on this. Not everyone will agree with this, but when you sign up to this course, you know how the DS are going to be. And if you feel like if you can disrespect them in any way, you do not deserve to be on this course. I agree. Let's not forget, like legitimately, the ability to go on this show and compete is a gift. Yeah. It can make you so much stronger, make you so much more worldly. It can offer you a once in a lifetime experience. And if you piss on it like that, then f- <laughs> I honestly, I can completely agree with you. And I was sitting there going, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say shut up to Ant Middleton. No. Like who, who does he think he is? No. I can't believe it. Well, in the end, Ant gave him a second chance back at the base, which surprised me. Mm. And then eventually just took his number. He couldn't even give him a yes or no answer. So disrespectful. Mm. I was over it. I think everyone was over it. And certainly Ant Middleton was over it. Took his number. Richard, see you later. Back to cell block A. <laughs> Let's get on to the assault course. Where in pairs, the recruits had to push each other to endure the course until the DS was satisfied. This is designed to break the recruits, wear you down. You don't know how long it's going to go for. It is punishing. And, you know, physically, it will hurt you. There was blood everywhere. It's a tough time. I've got to stand out on this one. It is Anna. I thought Anna was brilliant on this course. Yeah, Barry and Anna, they both impressed me with that. When you see the course and you know that you're going to be going and going until they're done, it's your chance to impress them by really committing. You might not be at the front, but they need to Mm. see the commitment that you're going to go in there and give 110%. And those two absolutely smashed it. Yeah, they were great. What I loved is that Anna actually, you know, was with Barry side by side, but not being carried. She eventually actually took, you know, the lead for, mm. for one period there, but she never left him behind. It was never about her. And credit to Lockie as well. Lockie was doing the same thing. He was actually playing a team game there. Mm. And I was surprised, but I thought if you were doing this from the start, you'd be probably more likely to get through to the end. As brutal as this salt course looks, it's not just for the viewing pleasure. It serves a real purpose, doesn't it? And it's physical so they can get to you mentally later, do you feel? Yeah. I think at this stage in the course, they want to separate the strong from the weak. And this is what that course does. That assault course quite clearly shows who's going to be able to keep up in the end. Yeah. It breaks people. And I reckon seeing Paulie at the back end there, I, you know, I think that that really will be recognized by the DS. You know, as much as they're looking at the front of the pack in this, they're actually looking at the back of the pack at the same time. Mm. So it could be um, foreboding for him. Well, the next episode, of course, was fear. And to see if the recruits could control their fears, the first task saw the recruits bound, forced into the boot of a car and driven at high speeds. To pass, the recruits had to break out of their binds, assess the situation, and then choose the right moment to make an escape. This is such an important task, isn't it, Sabrina? It sort of sums up what they're looking for in the end. They're thinking about what it takes to become the thinking soldier. And a task like this I absolutely love because it sees everyone in their element. It sees how quick reaction times are for each individual and the courage to just go for it and and pick your timing because the beauty of something like this is you never know when is the best time. You might know in your gut, but your mind's saying something else and questioning you. So I love this task so much because you can really see the ones that are comfortable making a decision when the when it matters yep. the most. Yeah, and look, it is, it's actually one of those ones where it is easy to fail because, you know, if the car stops and you take that opportunity to go, but the engine's still running, yeah. you're doing the right thing, doing the wrong 
wrong thing, and that's about second-guessing yourself in the moment. But you've got to be prepared to make the jump as well. Poor Jeff Hugel jumped out of the car. His legs are still bound. Where are you going, Jeff? Are you not swimming away, mate? Oh, oh my god! At least he managed to get his hands free. Both Millie and Rihanna, yep. both of them could didn't get anything free. They were just loving their time, nah. going for a joyride. <laughs> nah, nah. You got as soon as you're in the boot, you got to free your hands, free your legs. You know, prep the door and be ready to roll. I think that that is kind of a, a basic minimum. But full credit to Melissa Wu. So smart, oh. so well timed, and off like a shot at yeah. exactly the right moment. The DS will read that heavily. For me, she has just separated herself from everyone else. She has now put herself and asserted herself right up the top. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, she's definitely pushed her way to the top there. This episode marked the halfway mark through the selection course. And it's at this point where you start to look back and you, you look at everything you've been through, the beastings, the challenges, the blisters, the bruises, and think to yourself, have I got another week of that in me. Oh. It's it's tough going. Day seven is starting to wear physically very heavily on the recruits. Do you remember what you were thinking around about day seven? I do actually. I remember going, this group that we've got now is more than capable. Like everyone in this group that we had about halfway mark was capable. And I think that's when you really need to lean on each other and 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 stick together and and almost help each other get along because it's it's a very united group that's going to go forward the next couple of days. So I remember that clearly. I also remember knowing like how much worse can it really get <laughs> physically? Like I yep. felt like physically I didn't think it was going to get any harder. I just felt like mentally we were going to be tested a lot, you know, with fatigue and lack of food. We we're getting less and less food every day and we still had a week of that. So I, I just knew that it was going to go to a whole nother level now. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, at this period of the course, I think we started to galvanise. And what I'm yeah. not seeing in this group is that, uniform solidarity amongst people. You know, they're not even in factions. It just it seems like people are all too scared to unite or, or reluctant to unite. I, I don't know. The unity there, it seems lacking. What do you think it is that's kind of preventing them from, you know, being a team? I don't know. Like, I just feel like maybe a few of them ha are lacking confidence. Mm. Even with Anna Heinrich, she's been smashing it. She said herself, she can't even see herself at the end. Like, yep. the only person I felt like, you know, had extreme confidence was Bass. Yep. So I feel like it's partly confidence. I think the other part is the division between Paulie and Lockie yep. and no one jumped in to try and help, you know, no one really got together early and I think they've almost left it too late. Like it's a week in and you're not helping each other. I remember on our season, day one, you've got People, you know, helping you putting your clothes on or away, yep. people making your beds, yep. people helping filling up the water bottles, helping cutting the wood, like all of those things, drying your clothes. That happened day one yep. for us. Absolutely. And I haven't even seen that. One of those things happen for them. Nah. So I don't know. I don't know if it will happen. And the thing is, like, those small things that you do in the accommodation by looking after each other when, you know, other people's clothes are wet and getting fires going and everything and serving food and making sure people are okay and helping with, you know, any strappings or anything like that, that bonding, 
that will then be taken out on the course. Yeah. You know, and the course should also to bring that bonding back into the accommodation. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's pretty worrying at this stage because you will need each other in the back end. It, totally. is, it is so exhausting. I cannot even explain. And you can't do it by yourself. You really can't. And the whole purpose of this course and the point of making selection is can those DS see themselves beside you? Can they trust you with their backs? And at the moment, it's worrying that no one's really working together as a team. If you want to go far, you you know, you've got to go together. You can't you can't go alone. Correct. So right now something needs to yep. change with that dynamic because it's probably looking only one or two, maybe max, will pass selection at this stage. Yeah, I'm interested to see whether or not that dynamic will change if a couple of key people are either culled or or break down. And I, I have to say it, I think it would be, you know, Paulie and Lockie have created such a caustic dynamic within that group that if they, one or both are not there, it could change the dynamic and bang, you know, you could see something just emerge. And I mm. think it will come from the women. Mm. You know, I think that their relationship or their lack of it has affected the entire group from day one. If that's gone... And the DS might see this, I don't know. If they are gone, changes the dynamic. Yeah. You could see some real leaders come through. And next week is when it is going to get very serious. Once you start pushing into day eight, day nine, and day 10, that's when it just starts to take a huge toll on your body and on your mind. So looking forward to that. Well, we always knew that there was going to be a hand-to-hand combat challenge, Sabs, uh, and this one was a little bit different. It was King of the Ring or Queen of the Ring. No punches thrown, but a really brutal tussle to throw your opponent out of the ring. So brutal, in fact, that there was a serious injury. Barry Hall and Lockie, first in there, two massive units, mm. but didn't go Barry's way, did it? No, and I was a bit disappointed because I felt like that controlled aggression was due for him. I felt like the DS were almost waiting for that to come out. And I I was disappointed because I felt like this could have been an easy win if he just tapped into that. I know he's capable. It's a bit worrying when you're more terrified of a bloke from The Bachelor than you are from (laughs) his AFL enforcer. Full credit to Lockie. He played it well. Barry severely injured though. Like, you know, that rib was horrific. Bad injury to carry and, you know, ultimately one he couldn't. Yeah. With an injury like that, it could get so much worse. I think we talk about injury a lot on this course, but I think that's probably the one injury that if it was sustained myself, I probably would have had to really think about staying on because, you know, anything could happen. You could puncture a lung. Yeah, I think as much as it was was terrible for him, I think he made the right decision. One of the battles I liked, although it was one of those moments when I was watching and I went, ooh, was when Anna and Paulie (laughs) bashed heads for the first time and that first battle was like, oh, my God. But Anna eventually won that and beat Paulie in that competition. That says so much. She's gone another level, that one. I love the fact that even though it is combat, it, because it is hand-to-hand, it's not just physicality. Mm. You can use people's weight against, you yep. know, the angles that you're coming in from. It's, it is probably more mental, actually, than it is physical. Yep. And I think one person that really let me down was Ebony. For a living, you you know, you're a fighter. I understand boxing is very different, but you, you use aggression in your sport. And she could not translate that 
you know, over into this into this task. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't, I would say I didn't see as much aggression from Barry Hall as I expected either. So, you know, it's it's interesting how people change once you're in that environment. But mm. just when the recruits thought that the uh, the battle was done, we then get. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Oh. And all in, it was just. I loved it. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Oh, it was awesome to watch. Lockie, of course, prevailed a uh, dominant performance. Yes. But again, like, you know, just picked his timing. It was really kind of like do or die stuff. Good scrap. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> As soon as he said Royal Rumble, it took me back to being a kid watching WWE. <laughs> I was just loving every second of it. But I, the one thing I will say with Lockie, I love the fact that he got the job done. He put his head down and just really pushed to try and get them all out as quick as possible. And I think that yep. he, it was a much deserved win for him. Yeah, look, I, he did well on that. Absolutely. Unfortunately, you know, later on in the mirror room, we saw him talk about how his own selfishness kills him and that he wishes he could do better and, and stuff like that. And then the DS called him out on it. Like he's going, oh, I wish I could change it. And uh, it kills me that I'm selfish. And then the, the DS is called bullshit on it. Ollie just goes, you're just saying what you want us to hear. You get nothing past these guys, do you? You really, really don't. They're just masters in it. You know, they're, they're watching everything and they're almost wait, they're almost setting traps for you. Like they're waiting yep. for you to say certain things because they've prepared something later. And I think that for me, it probably took me day four on the course to realise that everything is intentional and they really are waiting yep. for you individually. You all have your moments. I'm interested to see how these guys are going with it, if they've even clicked on to that yet. Oh, it's Everything is a trap. Everything is a trap. <laughs> Every time they do something, it has a reason, a purpose, or it is a trap. And I think with Lockie, I think, you know, maybe he's used to being able to use those charms and those techniques in reality shows or in society where he can get people to feel for him. And they were just like, mate, we see straight through you like a pane of glass. And I was just like, they're absolutely got his number totally so i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Lockie in the future as well i think next week is going to be massive but somebody who is absolutely massive figuratively literally is big bad barry hall and he joins us next on the debrief Well, Sabrina and I both had him picked to be standing there at the very end, but unfortunately, injuries saw him end his time on SAS Australia. Barry Hall, thanks for joining us on The Debrief, mate. Thanks very much for having me. So good to see you, Baz. Straight off the bat, I'm gutted for you, man. Both me and Mez had you going through at the end and seeing you go down with that rib, oh, absolutely heartbroken. I just want to say, how is it? How is it now? Like, how, how are you going? Yeah, look, the ribs, the ribs, fine. Um, yeah, it was just one of those freak accidents, I guess. You know, I tried to throw throw Lockie, who's you know 110 kilos and a big fella, and it just popped out, dislocated rib. And yeah, I knew straight away something happened. And then we had a couple more wrestles we had to do, which I didn't do that well in. But um, yeah, sort of got through it. And then once I got back to camp and uh, totally cooled down, I, I thought, geez, I'm in trouble now. I yeah, you know, I couldn't even get my Bergen on. I thought, geez, can I can I get through this? You know, a little bit over halfway. Can I sort of, you know, knuckle down and get through this? But um, after not being able to get my bag on, and I thought, you know, I don't want to hold the rest up, so I had to make the call. Um, and as Nan said, it's just not your time, and that's just one of the sayings they have. It, 
injury sometimes just forces you into these decisions. So I would love to have been there at the end. Yeah, that was my goal, but just just wasn't my time. Mate, it's uh, it was a pretty serious injury that you had. I mean, just so the rib has dislocated from where did it come from the sternum or from the back, and it's kind of pushed around. Is that what happened? Yeah, the sternum. So right, okay. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it was wasn't good. And this was one of those ones where I thought I'm just I'm not going to be able to do what what's coming up. You know, by the end of each season, they sort of ramp up stuff. So I thought, geez, I'm, I'm going to struggle. So it just wasn't to be. Something I just want to chat to you about, you could see in the episodes ants prodding you and trying to get that aggression out of you, you know, that we've seen in the past on the footy field, but you almost didn't use that aggression and you sort of touched on the fact that it's not really there anymore. It's not really a part of you anymore. Why? Why didn't you get that aggression out? Look, it's it's still in there, but it's it's deep, deep down. It's, yeah. You know, it's one of those things that um, when I was a competitive sportsman, I could click it on like that. But but now, you know, you're a little bit older and wiser. I've got some little eyes that are watching me, and mm. um, you know, I, I don't I don't need to do it anymore. Yeah, you know, I probably didn't need to do it back in the day. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's still in there, but I just don't feel like I need to anymore. And I'm sort of a character that's pretty a pretty cruisy sort of guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a raving lunatic. I'm I'm just a very cruisy guy who's competitive and um you know if i get pushed as a competitor and uh you know it's obviously still in there deep down but you know it's not something that i can just flick a switch now i've probably outgrown it which which is probably the best way to describe it i've probably outgrown it and mm. grown up a little bit the chip on my shoulder is not there anymore mm. Yeah, mate, it's great to see. Like, I mean, having followed your career through footy, being, you know, a huge AFL fan and, and watching you play football live, like, you know, you always look like you were on the way to break somebody. And then <laughs> in this show, it does look like a maturity, like there has been a change in your life. Obviously, family, having kids, having a missus, that relationship, everything that you've got going on you has, you know, pacified what was a Hulk-like mentality before it. So, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is that that's the, where your future is anyway, isn't it? You know, you only, you only want to soften further. Not too much, Baz, not, but you know, a bit. <laughs> yeah, look, and I, I've done a lot of work on myself and it, this sounds really silly, but after my AFL career, I've done a lot of work on myself and I just do stuff now that serves me yep. and stuff that's going to help me. And, you know, getting angry and breaking stuffs or breaking people isn't going <laughs> to help me or serve me. So it's just one of those things. It's, it's a development growth thing that I've, I've sort of done personally, which, is, which has helped quite a bit. There's no point getting anxious and uptight and aggressive and if you don't need to. You're just wasting energy for something that you could be doing uh, in a good way. So I've, uh, I've grown up a little bit. Yeah, well done. You touched on that aggression piece. There's an altercation that happens with Richard Buttrose and Aunt Middleton straight after the tug of war. <sighs> and <laughs> Merrick and I have just, we're watching it and we're going, oh my goodness, no one, I've never seen anyone have the courage to talk back to Aunt Middleton, let alone no. swear or tell him to shut up. Was it that? Was it genuinely just Richard thinking that he was, they were picking on him or was it something bigger than that? Like what was going on there? I was a bit confused because Richard was actually sat beside me. We're sitting on our Bergens and then all of a sudden he snapped and then started yelling at people and he jumped up and there was an area we couldn't go outside of. They yep. said, don't go past that log, that rock, mm. and he's gone out past it. So I'm sitting there going, what are you doing? Rich, Rich. <laughs> and he's walked past and started storming up to the DSs. I think he went to Dean Scott yeah. and started yelling in his face and I'm like, is this really happening? 
because we also didn't see what happened yeah. uh, in the tug of war or anything like that. that. That was all hidden from us. And I thought, gee, this guy just lost the plot. Yeah. It was it was a little bit unlike Richard because he's been pretty cool, calm and collected. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just unlike him. Yeah. And then to do what he done, I've never seen that happen. So <laughs> No, I've never seen that happen. I was more uh, I was more fearful for us and the Raph. We, we were going to cut us a group. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, zip it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you could have all copped a massive beasting for his work, but, you know, yeah. it was it was interesting that that Ant seemed to be quite calm about it all and, and even kind of gave him yeah. a second opportunity. When he got back to base, though, it seemed as though the DS had needled him. They got into him the way they, you know, try to do, open up a crack, put a wedge in there, and he was gone then, wasn't he? He just wasn't able to come back from it. Yeah. Yeah, he was sort of saying to us, you know, he's going to be edited and viewed in, in a certain way, which he wanted to get away from, and that's the reason why he was doing the show. Which, look, I, I understand, but you can't be that paranoid going into a show. Like, I think looking back on it, maybe he, he'd look at it in a different way. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually thankful that, that they did grab his number because if he did stay, they would, <laughs> they would have given us an almighty beasting, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Barry, we would speak to him, but he's only allowed one call a day and he's already used it, so. <laughs> this is a reverse charge call from. <laughs> Do you accept? No. <laughs> from inmate number five. <laughs> he'd, he'd like that. The interesting battle that we've been following as viewers is Lockie and Paulie. I mean, it's so intense. Was it really disruptive and corrosive to the group? Were you guys talking about it that we didn't see? Were you guys talking about how much of an effect it was having on you guys as a group in the accommodation? How was that dynamic affecting you and your time in there? To be perfectly honest, and um, you know, with some of the stuff that's aired at the moment, and everyone's caught a bit of backlash because they haven't supported Paulie, but the narrative at that stage and what we um, heard was probably a totally different thing. You know, I, I obviously didn't see what happened on the course and their arguments, and I, I tried to stay out of it. Totally different to, to what, how I viewed it in there. I'm watching it on TV. I was like, oh, well, I've, I've got a totally different view on that now. Yeah. Yeah, in there, I didn't realise Paulie put the olive branch out mm. and it was almost knocked back. Otherwise, if I had known, I would have went to Paulie and said, look, you know, just leave it and give him a little bit of support because it, it does look like he's getting yeah. up on a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in that. But I didn't do that. I just tried to stay out of it. The whole thing was a little bit childish. We're, we're in a unique situation that, you know, everyone's senses are heightened and your know, emotions yeah. are, are running high and things are happening out of the norm. You know, stuff like this does happen. But, uh, yeah, from being in there to watching it on TV, it's a totally different aspect to what I thought it was, to be honest. The one thing that happened a couple of weeks ago that Ant pointed out was, you know, the voodoo cast spell that Lockie's put on you guys. He almost did in a way because all those conversations that he had with Paulie, he kept to himself. He didn't say any of that to you guys, which yeah. changes the narrative of everything. Absolutely, yeah. And and that's sort of what I'm talking about is I'm not siding with anyone, but what I sensed in there yep. and what I heard to what I've seen on TV and some of the conversations they had was a totally different outlook. Mm. And um, I, I wish I had known a little bit better. You know, I would have probably would have supported Paulie a little bit more without getting involved because it's not my place. They're two yeah. grown men. They've got to mm. sort it yeah. out. You know, we're teammates and, and we've got to get on with it. So I did feel bad for Paulie, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Baz, let's talk about the great stuff from SAS Australia, which is 
the you know the actions that you go on, the challenges that you face. When Sabs and I watch it, there's always ones where we go, "Oh God, I wish I could have been pepper sprayed in the face." That would have been amazing. <laughs> in your time there, what was your your favourite one and your least favourite one? Oh, the the helicopter jump, you know, out of the boat on the helicopter is just you know unreal. I, I can't wait to show my kids that when they're old. <laughs> you know, that's that's money can't buy experiences. They're they're the they're the ones you look at and. You know, if you do that on the outside, you do a full day safety briefing, you do yeah. all sorts of stuff, <laughs> signing waivers. We had a, you, yep. you guys know, we had a 30 second briefing. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. It was awesome. I love that. That's that's great. Yeah, that that was that was absolutely the favorite. You know, I think that was everyone's favorite to be perfectly oh, honest. Oh, it's unreal. And um the, the worst one was the pepper spray for me. That was I, I was a total idiot. I I Fully opened eyed because oh, I, I didn't think no. you could. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't think you could close, close your, your eyes, eyes and wipe it off. So yeah. I'm like, "What would you do with it?" I, I saw what it. I was going, is, "Is Barry got goggles on that I can't see?" He's <laughs> <laughs> gone. They say to go into things with open eyes, Barry, but you really did. Like I was like, "What the f- are you doing? <laughs> You're gonna yeah. burn!" And then everyone, when I got back to camp. Saying I was horrible, and then they all said they close their eyes and they're wiping. I was like, I don't think you could. I thought you had to take it open eye. Always lifts into the brief. No one said you had to have all your eyes open. <laughs> yeah, that's next level. And going into our season, I only had four days notice. What's the story behind that? Four days notice. Yeah. Why is that? What? Yeah, I I don't want to give away any secrets or, but I think someone may have got injured coming in. Okay. So I was a little bit worried because you know i hadn't trained for it i didn't have a set of boots i didn't have the backpack to train in oh that's incredible baz we all know the most underrated injury in the world in world sport is blisters (laughs) (laughs) i don't want blisters going into this thing but luckily touch wood i just kept tightening my feet up and you know that, that was fine Baz, that's that's awesome. I was a late call up. I got a couple of weeks, and that was still tough. That's insane. A few days' yeah. notice. Far out. That's awesome. Mate. I mean, I know what it's like. I only had eight months, and it was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. oh god. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say, but like, obviously, it's not the way you wanted to go out. Do you feel like you got what you needed? Did you feel like you took something away from that experience? I feel like it's not finished. To be mm. honest. Yeah, I, I went in there to complete it. Regardless of preparation, regardless of anything, I went in there to complete it. I thought I was in a good headspace. I thought I was, you know, physically I was okay. And then just a, a stupid freak injury kicked me out. So that sort of leaves a bitter taste in my mouth, I guess. But, you know, it feels like I was in a really good place to, to complete it. And, you know, to have to go out that way, it was um, it, it's a bit unsettling for me. But, um, look, it's, it's something that I'll look back on and, thoroughly enjoy watching with my mm, boys and, mm. and I really enjoyed the physical part of it and uh, and I was in it mentally as well. Love that. Mate, hopefully you get a call up to go again, given a second opportunity, you know. Both Sabs and I thought that you would be there standing at the end for sure. It was an absolute pleasure to watch you on, on the TV show. We loved it and we we're very disappointed to see you go out with an injury, but absolutely no shame in it at all. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, great show. Hopefully they're an all-star series and we get a call up and we might all see you in there together. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I mean. You will never, ever see me there again. <laughs> Give him eight months' notice and he will be there. <laughs> No, no, I've had a go. Thanks very much. Baz, all the best to you, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, Baz. Good, guys. Thank you.
Okay, Sabs, let's have a look at the state of play. We're one week into the course, halfway there. We made some predictions at the very start of the season to see who would go. There's probably some changes there and also to a few people still in there, but let's have a look at which recruits are just hanging in there and who might be next to go. Who do you reckon is in trouble from here? Yeah, well, I mean, there's nine recruits that remain and I think the ones that are in trouble for me, Paul is a massive one. He's isolated himself too much. I think he's pretty much gone at this point. I think Lockie's another one. He's done a bit to recover, but I still think he's in that boat. And Ebony, for me, just hasn't hit the mark. You know, either she's got something brewing and it's ready to go in the next couple of, you know, episodes um, or I think she's in, in trouble. Yeah, I'd agree. I reckon Ebony and Paulie are in a bit of strife physically. I don't reckon they're, you know, at a point now that they're going to be able to go much further. But Paulie's body language is worrying. He's like, he's really, his eyes down. He's isolating himself, as you say. And that's just not a place that you want to be. And it's not indicative of somebody who's going to go to the very end. Interesting with Lockie, though, of course, though, Sabs, because he's absolutely capable and he seems yeah. to be getting more capable physically. But he's still got that, you know, albatross hanging around his neck of poor attitude that the DS cited very early and I don't know if he can shake that off. I think he probably showed his true self a little bit too early. I think it's going to be the detriment to him in the end. It's a shame he's he's more than capable but, you know, in a course like this that's not enough to get you pie. Yep. Who surprised you, you know, out of the, the nine recruits left? Who actually, you know, is there that you probably didn't think would be? I reckon Hughes is doing better than I thought, and I'm wrapped for him. Mm. Like he's he's just starting to understand. He's really conscious of where he is and what is required. Mm. He's almost like a bit of a dark horse. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I think so. Like I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Hughes went all the way to the final four because he's got a comprehension of what is going on, and that is so important. You know, he's physically in the mix with most things. You know, he uh, gets some things right and some things wrong. But he's really aware of it. He's a bit of a dark horse. I really like Anna. I think Anna Heinrich is just doing so well. Mm. I think she's really switched on. All she needs is that self-belief and she could have a really very, very strong finish. But it's the whole thing of if, if she can. It's like Millie. If if Millie can kind mm. of take it to another level as well, she could be in the real mix as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the benefit is we're halfway. So it does give those ones that are on the fence a couple of days to get themselves going and really assert themselves and see themselves at the end. Well, in our first picks, Sabs, we both had Barry Hall, Mm. Barry's VW through injury. I had Rihanna. I think that she was in the the top four for me. I'm still confident she could be in there. I had Lockie Gilbert, but I said from the get-go that he'd probably make it to the end, but not pass. I don't even know if he'll make it to the end. He could get culled. But the interesting one that we haven't had a chat about, and he's been a very much a grey man, Darius Boyd. Darius has been very quiet. You know, he was both in our top picks and very much the grey man, which we've seen in all seasons. The grey man, you need to have that balance and know when the time is to step up and have the confidence and show what you're made of. In the past seasons, we've had you know, mags in our season didn't show enough. It was almost too little too late. Last season with Steffo the same, yep. you know, made it to the end but didn't show enough until late at the end. I'm just worried with Darius that he's not going to have that opportunity. He's going to leave it too late and just be that grey man that never yep. never shone, you know, never really got that chance. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, he's got to have that moment where the, the D is turn around and go, 
That was awesome. Because otherwise, like you say, he'll just like be there at the end, mm. but there'll be no consideration for him. He's got to stand out. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes in the next couple of episodes as people start to wear down as well. All right, Sabs, so your top picks at the start were Barry Hall, Darius Boyd, Rihanna Crean. From this point on, who's going to be there at the final four? I think I'm going to keep it with with Darius and Rihanna. I think they're still very capable and I think they've still got a couple of days to really assert themselves to the top. But I'm probably going to also add in Anna Heinrich and Melissa Wu. Yep. Those two for me are just, they're front runners now. They're, they're a step above the rest. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to change it a little bit. I reckon Anna, Melissa Wu, mm. and I'm going to say Darius Boyd and Hugel. Mm. It's a good pick. He he wouldn't, yeah, that was close for me. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough from here because as you and I both know, the next couple of days in their world is going to be absolutely punishing. Next week will be brutal, no doubt. So we'll see who emerges. We'll get a better picture, I reckon, in next week's episode. Well, guys, thanks very much for listening. A new episode drops every Wednesday. And keep your eyes open on Friday for a bonus mini episode where Sabrina and I interrogate one of the recruits. To make sure you don't miss a thing, watch SAS Australia on Channel 7 and 7 Plus and catch the SAS Australia debrief on the iHeartRadio app. See you next time.